Welcome to this Vet Team AMR podcast from RCVS Knowledge, leading responsible antimicrobial use in farm, companion, and equine teams. Okay, so this Farm Vet Champion podcast, and I'm delighted to um, welcome my friend, colleague, Emily Gascoigne. And um, I think I'll just, um, I mean, maybe I'll start, Emily, by asking you to um, tell us about yourself. You're working at Synergy Farm Vets, but how did you get to where you are now? Um, so I graduated from vet school and um, went straight into an internship with practice, spent my CV said all over it that I was going to be a dairy cow vet, but spent my entire interview actually talking about sheep and sheep flock health. So uh, very quickly, the jig was up that I, I wanted to be a sheep vet. And then working in practice have gradually built up the work that we're doing here in what is very classically a, a dairy area. Um, eventually doing a, a diploma um, under your wisdom and guidance and um, so and and now I'm a, a specialist um sheep vet um it is really just a cathartic journey for me so sheep vet sheep health sheep care sheep management is actually just my hobby which I now do professionally so uh yeah a self-confessed sheepaholic brilliant and you got married was that last your last year or the year before yeah ne- nearly 12 nearly 12 months ago so yeah mar- married a farmer did the vet thing and so, and now, what, what's your home flock of sheep? Uh, so it's uh, it's grown ex- almost beyond exponentially, but we've got about five hundred uh, ewes at home now, which includes um, some autumn lambing, Paul Dorsets, um, a spring Romney flock, and my beloved Hebrideans, which started off the whole journey. So, um, yeah. Sheep in the sheep by day, sheep by night. <clears throat> Brilliant. And then, what about within the practice? What sort of flocks are you responsible for within the practice? Yeah, so very dairy area where, where we're based, but there are a lot of sheep flocks as well. So across our practice, we've probably got about four hundred um, registered flocks of all sorts of sizes and and huge diversity um i work in a team of what's now eight sheep vets or sheepaholics um, i'm probably responsible for the health plan of about 60 sheep flocks or with support from some of my colleagues as well um but yeah we think we've got somewhere between 60 and 70 thousand breeding ewes in the practice okay and um, really you've got eight sheep vets in the practice yeah um so they'll be, I'm probably doing the greatest proportion as in I'm probably about 80%. But uh, yeah, across our geography, I think pretty sure there's eight, eight of us. And we've got two sheep uh, vet techs um, now as well. So it's infectious, this sheep thing, when you um, start. Excellent. Talking. Well, it just is a good indicator of the potential that's there, that um, yeah, yeah, gap in the market and, and know that you're really responsible for encouraging and bringing those sheep vets um into the area so that's brilliant okay and then so emily signed up as a farm vet champion quite early on i think when it first became available um yeah and just so you've you've been through all the cpd you've worked through that yourself yes Um, can you uh, and so that was probably a few months ago now can you think of any highlights that you just things that jumped out at you i actually so there's obviously the sheep um goat and you know small small ruminant components of that which were probably of the biggest uh, topic interest to me. However, 
Um, just the broad overview of the challenge that we face there is, you know, as an industry, as a as as a as a country, human health as well. I, I, I think I really valued that part of it as well. Just the global challenge. Um, and yeah, so the broad overview is really useful. Yes. And I, and that would be fantastic to have your eight sheet vets setting goals, smart goals on how you're going to progress. To, I know the thing with them. Um, how you've worked in the practice and that's partly why we're talking today is because you've already made so much so many changes hadn't you before farm vet champions came along yeah. you were already on a pathway to realizing that you couldn't use antibiotics in the way that maybe people had in the past would, would that be fair yeah I, I think kind of sort of thought about it a bit back to front in the sense of um, rather than thinking about it, our target is to reduce antibiotics, sort of approached it quite early on from if we improve animal health, the proxy for that is that we will reduce antibiotics. So it's almost a, a almost a hidden KPI or, or, or one that we've sort of not intentionally been, been working on. So um, I think the one of the early on things that we sort of wanted to do um, was to, that might sound totally unrelated, but it was to try and establish the number of sheep flocks within the practice and a rough estimate, you know, hopefully quite accurate if we ask the farmer, but an idea of how big those flocks were. Um, it can be quite a laborious exercise because not got TB testing thankfully but it means that some of that data you know is a manual exercise so tried to establish how how big our flocks were and what by having that information what what that meant was we could identify quite early on so things like oral antibiotics who wasn't using any who was using um you know pro rata quite a lot based on how many sheep that we thought we had and just wanted to um, start ensuring that those flocks are sort of on our dis our discussion list or or the necessity to you know why um, what was leading to the need for that antibiotic and and to focus it sort of on a problem solving you know problem solving so if we're using lots of antibiotics because we've got a lameness issue well if our initial discussion is not we want to use less antibiotics it's how do we reduce your lameness issue using whatever is required to do that and this sort of, I think we tried to focus on trajectory of, of travel. So never put any targets on my sheep flocks. I've never said, this is what you're using and this is what you should be using. What I've been interested in or how we've tried to approach it is your lameless level, for example, is X. We want to get it to Y. This is how we're going to monitor it. Um, uh, we may need to use antibiotics to achieve that in the short term, but how are we going to make sure that we don't perpetu we're not perpetually committed to needing to use it in that way? And and the outcome of that is we have less lame sheep in that example, a system which is hopefully a bit more robust because we thought about the big picture. And the ha the co it's not a coincidence, is it? But the ultimate outcome of that is that we have less antibiotic usage. So tried to approach it from a problem solving perspective rather than the target at the end and that's what we're sort of trying to do and it applies to oral antibiotics we've applied that to uh, lameness um uh, abortion if it's not been quite so relevant for us as a, as a practice because of how we approach it but 
any antibiotic consuming issue um what's the problem how can we solve that and that's our outcome what what you're beautifully describing there is the mantra that we have right through farm vet champions of plan ahead prevent disease and, and protect the flock and herd that sort of um it, it's not talking about what to treat with it's talking about how to prevent them being in in the first place and i think that's what you described really nicely there yeah i think so and i and i think we've got to i think one of the reasons we found that that method has been particularly effective is because ultimately we're working with farmers who are custodians of their animals and um and it's particularly brought home when you start having oral antibiotic based discussion is our farmers want to do the best that they can for their animals so if the conversation starts with you're using this and we want you to use why then that's what the focus of the discussion is rather than for example um you might feel that you need to use oral antibiotics at lambing because we have a, a watery mouth issue but we might be having that because we've not got our feeding right or there's something in our lambing shed for example that we need to tweak or think about and actually if we crack that then actually our lambs will be healthier and they'll probably grow quicker and there'll be benefits for the ewes and all of these really positive things that will help your sheep flock and we won't need to use less antibiotics so I think it's this emphasis of um, just sort of this big picture thinking rather than uh, I, I wouldn't I, we've really I don't want our farmers to feel picked on or that we're not trying to support them or that we we think that they're doing something wrong often the mo the motives are totally correct so I think by thinking about it in that in the 3p direction I think it's just setting a culture of what we are trying to achieve mm -hmm. okay and so the way that you described that in the first was to get a good idea of who all your sheep farmers are how many sheep they've got what how what they to talk to them like so that must all happen way way before the start of lambing when things are getting a bit stressful so to be on well if i'm being really honest it's a process that i started um frankly years ago and it's actually an ongoing work an ongoing thing to do because flocks change all the time so I suppose my challenge my question to the vets listening would be do you know where all the sheep are in your practice and it might and it might be a, a, a case of actually sit down with a cup of tea of some cake and, and thrash that information out or the way that we tend to do it a bit now because that's quite a laborious exercise is um if you've got a named vet for a farm they're responsible for populating an excel spreadsheet for example or when you've done a flock health plan populate this central spread it only has to be an excel spreadsheet and that just means that gradually you're picking up that information but if you want if you do need if you if you're starting from scratch and you're doing that in one big hit then uh, yes it needs to be well in a, in advance of lambing probably mm -hmm. even topping time to be honest and um, because mm -hmm. we all know that once scanning happens then it's just a frantic race to lambing isn't it so yeah well in well in advance and keep it updated because it then it, you're not reinventing the wheel every time you have to do it yeah no that's really helpful advice so I think people who maybe their sheep flocks are not the top priority in the practice it's lambing time when when they're having that contact with sheep farmers and and quite frankly then we, we all know we're, we're fight, fire fighting then aren't we because yeah. everyone's under pressure and it's a case of do whatever we can to keep these lambs alive yeah. actually 
it's so much more relaxing, isn't it? If we've if we've had all those conversations a couple of months beforehand. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Just a t another top tip as a general rule. Um, if I'm going to start any major project or anything a little bit juicy and it applies to an exercise like this, I actually do it in the summer because with the, once I've got eight week wait stuff out of the way and just this, some, you'll just get those lulls when everybody's silaging. That's a really good time to sit down with a brewer in the office and do that kind of project. So don't leave it till March if you want to embark on that exercise because it won't happen. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so actually, so this year, and we all know um, nationwide, we know that people have been very stressed this year because withdrawal of certain products that people have used commonly in the in the um, lambing shed. Has that been a big thing for you at Synergy or have you dealt with that in a, um, you know, calm way? <laughs> yeah, um, I think what we... <laughs> as a practice I think it's we've probably been quite comfortable with how we've managed it but for individual farmers sometimes that discussion is still very you know stressful and they've needed a, a resolve to be honest how we we were sort of already on a bit of a journey with regards to our oral antibiotic usage so we had seen a significant reduction um over the last three or four years and um the, and, and it was slightly because of a change in policy about how we discussed oral antibiotics with our clients. So um, just having the policy that it was on a year by year basis, i.e. every year you needed to have a phone call with a vet in order to access that kind of, of, of medicine rather than it just being sort of a, a rolling thing in, in your health plan. And what that had meant was that our farmers had already been on the route of or a lot of them had already been on this sort of selective approach anyway. And so we had minimal flocks who were probably blanket users of oral antibiotics. And, and, and what that meant was that for the, it's, it's all about confidence building, I think. And I think one of the difficulties, if, if you haven't had sort of an advanced conversation, is the perception that your sheep, your lambing, is the success, success of it is totally reliant on an individual product. And, and by having those discussions where we've effectively said, well, just do your high risk, it's actually given our a lot of our farmers the confidence in that situation that all the other good stuff that they do, like getting their feeding right, appropriate culling of ewes, uh, vaccination for the relevant diseases that, you know, abortion, for, for example, just getting folk, all of that stuff probably has a bigger impact. So when they, we got to the point this year where in December or whenever it was the earliest we were aware of it, there was an issue. We started our communication then saying for forage needs to be analysed now. You need to be getting your health plans in now. This is not a five o'clock on a Friday afternoon discussion because we've got a watery mouth outbreak. This needs to be proactive. And because there had been that dialogue, I think it probably made it a little bit easier. But that we certainly, I don't want anyone listening to think I'm in an, in an ivory tower. We do have flocks that we needed to have some of those difficult discussions with. And how we approach that is because we had the numbers, because we had the sales data, in January we approached them. So in January we went to those flocks and said, we know that you have 
required oral antibiotics before and we know how many ewes you've got we guess how many lambs you've got we think it might have been a proper proportion let's start talking about it now in January so quite a proactive approach I think what I will just say because I'm conscious that so to think about the geography we work with I've got a lot of outdoor llamas in our practice a lot of late llamas um, so of those 400 flocks actually it's quite a small proportion of them would be using would be housed would be even having discussions about oral antibiotics i'm very mindful there'll be vets listening to this where their client portfolio maybe looks very very different but i, th I think we've just got to recognize that having that really difficult discussion when the proverbial's hitting the fan. They've got lambs on the ground. They've got clinical disease and issue. You're, you're, it's not the best of anybody in that discussion. It's you, you, Your farmer is not going to be as receptive because you wouldn't be if you had that mm. clinical challenge. You're, you're not going to be the best version of your communicating self in that scenario because it's real. You've got ultimately you've now got sick lambs on the ground. You need to provide a solution for that. So having these really thoughtful discussions, should, it's you've got to got to do that in a in a in a, a, an appropriate time and just recognizing that if you leave it too late it's difficult I've got a lot of support both from colleagues and from the management structure which means that this was this was prioritized and there'll be other practices for whom their sheep flock work it's not that it's not important to them it's just the hot potato needs dealing with first doesn't it mm -hmm. which is why trying to capitalize you know recognizing who the right person is in your practice to do that and it may be support staff actually that mm -hmm. can help you collate some of this data but doing it at a time of year or where you've all got the headspace to do it being thoughtful in that respect really probably makes quite a big difference rather than when it's all getting a bit exciting um Yes, and absolutely. And when we're faced with a clinical situation, you know, none of us are saying we don't want to use an antibiotic when we need to in a clinical situation, are we? It's sort of, um, and but we really, we all feel that pressure when we've got sick lambs or dying animals, and it, it's horrible for us. It's it's really horrible for the farmer, isn't it? So. Um, no, I'm with you there. The, the plan stage of plan prevent protect is, is kind yeah. of, and that's as much for us as a practice, isn't it? And um, with our colleagues, yeah. No, that's really helpful, um, Emily. Thank you. If you have, um, and I know you have got um, in or more intensive flocks or flocks where they would have really relied on yeah. antibiotics and you've you've gone through that journey, would you say, or or do you have the data to show that, they've managed to do that without it affecting lamb survivability? Um, yes, and it's not just in this last tw 12 months. So really interestingly for us, so at the practice we do um, a lamb loss survey every year where we just, uh, some crude benchmarking figures. Um, and uh, we've been doing it for quite a few, few years now. And if, I don't know if you remember the beast from the East year, so that year as a practice was the year that we started our uh, reducing oral antibiotic um, 
year campaign and we'd put a lot of farmers on essentially a selective program at that point and I remember the snow hitting thinking oh no well no I should have had more confidence but thinking oh everyone's you know everybody's going to be up against it of all the years to start that was a challenging one I remember it well (laughs) yeah of all the years to get clever this wasn't the year to do it and we got to our end of year lamb loss survey and I know some of the clients that are in that who would have been on this oral antibiotic reduction journey and it had been the beast from the east and their lamb losses had not deteriorated and in fact our practice average um, excuse me median lamb mortality that year had reduced so I but it was but so I think what I took away from that, and it's probably only a few, a few anecdotal farmers that were in that particular data set, but actually, plan, you know, the plan bit is the gift that keeps on giving. It doesn't just, it's not just the watery mouth thing that it, it benefits. And I think, I, I, I don't know, I think one of the sort of key themes that sort of used quite early on with the oral antibiotic discussion was if, if your feeding's not right or your ewes aren't in good condition okay you're going to get watery mouth and that's the thing in this discussion you're worried about right now but and, and that'll affect lamb mortality and lamb health but actually if the ewes aren't fit and the feeding's not right they're not going to milk their growth rates are going to be compromised they're not going to get off farm quicker they're going to cost you more money so actually by having this discussion and thinking about your business overall rather than just this 48 hour window and putting a stick in plaster in there why don't we crack it if we crack it we could make the whole thing better and yes and, and, and reduce labor and, and make it a more much more enjoyable experience at the same and, time and that starts getting really exciting quite quickly doesn't it so so I think it's just I don't know I'm a carrot sheep there I think that's my um approach I like I like highlighting where the carrots are and where we can go find no well that's I find that really really helpful because um when people were fearful because they thought this product that we've used a lot is not going to be available what are we going to do that's a very negative way of looking at it isn't it and actually we have seen so many positive stories that and, and it is about building confidence isn't it so um and to hear your positive stories and to share them with others all over the country we've got farmers who have actually um realized that they they don't need to be using that antibiotic on a routine basis yeah. and it's giving them the confidence and it's giving their vets the confidence as well that actually we can yeah brilliant but sometimes just one little anecdote i don't know if this farmer will, will, will listen to this but a client uh, of mine who will totally remain anonymous um i that i i, t- I wanted to give them the confidence that I knew that their lambing shed was really as brilliant as it was and they couldn't see that it was as brilliant as it was and and it was a so it's a confidence thing it was a totally confidence thing and I I shouldn't say this out loud because I I lent them I think I don't think I ever took it back a bricks refractometer and said uh, this was when oral antibiotics uh, was was still available in the way that they historically were. So, I I put I said have the bricks refractometer, have a play with that, and and tell me what you know. Come back to me, let me know, and then if we're still not happy, then we can you know maybe we don't have to change anything in terms of how we're using oral antibiotics. And and the results were phenomenal. The colostrum was awesome. They just needed somebody else to give them a tool to just highlight. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not all reliant on one bricks, you know, 
there's a lot of other things that have to be correct but but sometimes it's just highlighting the stuff that's that's going really well and there that that the flock I'm thinking of was not a flock I had to have a discussion this year with regard that I don't with with regards to oral antibiotics at all so sometimes it's just highlighting the good stuff as well so I think that they have the potential to be very positive discussions um but not at the last minute not not in an unprepared capacity not when and crucially in that scenario you're actually quite powerless to change you know but the week mm -hmm. before lambing you just have to do what you have to do then don't you yeah, yes you um, then. absolutely oh emily that is so fantastic and really encouraging and it, and it's really struck me that as we're talking about this now in may as um maybe vets listening are thinking actually maybe i could do something maybe i could start to get a plan on where my sheep flocks are and and th those sort of things would be great smart goals to to put in place in time for lambing next year having meetings talking to farmers one-to-one -one discussions all of that would um be really good smart goals for people to set and then track their progress and encourage each other so um um, I'm really delighted we've spoken to you. Emily. Thank you very much. Always encouraging. Always great to to hear, um, you know how it's how it's going from um, from your mouth. So thank you, really. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening to this Vet Team AMR podcast from RCVS Knowledge. Visit rcvsknowledge.org/amr for free CPD, benchmarking, and audit tools to improve your antimicrobial use.